And now, our feature presentation. I like it spooky. Hey everybody, welcome to the I Like It Spooky Horror Podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Jason. I'm Clint. And it's June. Do you know where your NECA Stevie Wayne action figure is? Because I sure in the hell don't. <laughs> I know where mine's at. Where? Tell me. Maybe mine's there too. Oh, I didn't order one, so it's the same place everybody else's is. Nowhere. So, about that. I saw somebody post on Facebook recently. I wish I would have screenshotted it, but they got a message from NECA saying that they have come in and they're going to start shipping them. And other people chimed in and they're like, oh, I didn't get that email. But I guess somebody has it and they shared the email. And I really wish I would have screenshotted it. But word is by that one Facebook person, which, you know, is 100% true. It sounds like they've come in and hopefully we'll be shipping soon. I mean, everybody's except for Clint's. More than likely. I have not heard that news. In fact, I've been scouring the internet for news on that because last I knew it was supposed to ship in May. And I'm like, where the hell is my stuff? You mean May of 2020 or? Yeah, like four years ago. Yeah, it, it'd be more like May of 2025. I remember in the last episode, I was letting listeners know that we're not really good at math around here. So <laughs> I think Brian must have built a time machine. But no, Jason, I, I am thankful for the news. And uh, speaking of the news, let's get to some horror news. All right, so I'm going to get this going here. So this is more like news slash discussion. So I Am Legend 2, long been in the works. I guess they're going on with it, working on it more. I was looking at an article on screen, uh, rant.com, where it's talking about how I Am Legend 2 was right to wait until the Walking Dead universe kind of wrapped up. They felt it would have gotten lost in the shuffle, which I thought was kind of weird. I don't know how much they're related because, I mean, the zombies aren't exactly the same. I don't think the apocalypse started the same way. Did they even discuss on The Walking Dead how it started? I know Rick just woke up. I used to watch Walking Dead. I don't remember all that. I honestly don't remember the definition of why things were happening. Totally different, though, but I think the uh, producers, whoever's putting on the I Am Legend 2, thought that it would kind of get lost in the zombie shuffle with everything else going on. The Walking Dead, World War Z, stuff like that. I'm, I'm still excited for I Am Legend 2. Kind of ties together with Last Man on Earth, which we covered last episode, which I had no idea was the influence for I Am Legend from a book, but, you know, it's a theatrical influence on it. So I don't know if that's really major news that I Am Legend 2 is coming out. I think we've kind of known that. But if you had, if you didn't know that, now you do. It's just kind of weird that they had to wait for it to come out, but maybe they did. You know, they do time things with certain holidays, so maybe wait for this zombie stuff to get done with for this to come back out. If anything else, I would think it would make everybody, like, sick of The Walking Dead, and they're like, oh, thank God that ended wait here you go i am legend too i mean it's it sounds like a weird almost like a cop out i don't know because i mean the walking dead is continuing you've got dead city coming out you've got the daryl um spinoff coming out where he goes to paris you've got the rick and michonne spinoff coming out that was supposed to be a three movie series but now it's going to be a television series that just wrapped filming so uh, that's kind of weird to say well there are other things similar which they're actually not similar there's always going to be something similar that's that's strange Daryl's going to Paris. Next thing you're going to tell me is that Jason's going to space. It's so dumb. What a ridiculous storyline that would be. Jason Voorhees going to space. Right. God, I wouldn't pay to see that in the theater. Just kidding. I paid to see that in the theater. <laughs> I did. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've lost track with The Walking Dead. So, yeah. It won't have Will Smith in it. He died in the first one. Or did he? I, hell, who knows? I mean, who knows? It could be flashbacks or something like that, like where they talked about, you know, his work. But see, he supposedly died. I don't think you can survive holding a grenade <laughs> and live. You could go back and like cut it where he drops the grenade at the last second and jumps in it. Slaps a fucking zombie and is like, fuck you, throws a grenade and gets in the, you know, like the zombie just happens to look just like Chris Rock. <laughs> that took a second. 
That was a joke grenade. Brian, what do you got in the news? <laughs> <laughs> so we're getting a new Gremlins animated TV series. Well, it's on HBO Max. It's called Max now, but half hour animated series set in the 1920s by WB Animation and Amblin TV set in Shanghai in the 20s. Sells the story of how 10 year old Sam Wing met the young Mogwai named Gizmo. So it goes back to the 20s and Mr. Wing is the owner of the shop and Gremlins. So it talks about how they met. I don't know how long it's going to be, but it's fun. It's been like 30 years since Gremlin 2. So be fun to get some Gizmo themed kid stuff. I'll check it out. What do you guys think? Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't milked it more. But I guess, you know, with some of the classics, you don't want to mess with them too much. So... It sounds to me like the writers for that show listen to this show because a couple episodes back when we were covering Evil Dead Rise and Brian, you said, where would you like to see Evil Dead Rise go? And I said, the 20s. I said, I'd love to see Evil Dead in the 20s. And now we're getting Mogwai in the 20s. Interesting. Yeah, and it came out last week, so you can go to HBO Max or Max, whatever the hell they call it now, and check it out in a half hour. I might throw an episode on later tonight and watch it. Maybe they'll go into why Grogu, you know, the child from The Mandalorian and Gizmo look strikingly similar, except for, you know, color and hair. Maybe they're distant cousins or something. I was about to say Disney's not going to let go of that shit. They're like, no, no, no. Unless they own the rights to Gremlins, which they probably do because they freaking own everything. Due to the fact that throughout these episodes, we tend to alienate most of our audience. I appreciate Jason's efforts at expanding our audience into the Star Wars universe. What kind of news you got, Clint? Anything exciting? It kind of going along with uh, what Jason was talking about to a degree. Our last episode, we covered Last Man on Earth. And so, of course, Jason just talked about some I Am Legend 2 stuff, which was you know inspired by Last Man on Earth and Richard Matheson. I have learned through BloodyDisgusting.com that House on Haunted Hill is going to be showing at the Music Box Theater. Our friends over at the Music Box Theater in Chicago are reviving the spirit of late gimmick master William Castle with a special screening of the horror classic House on Haunted Hill next month and pulling out all the stops to recreate the wild theatrical experience that Castle employed at select movie theaters way back in the 50s. Uh, Let's see, this is going to be taking place June 7th at 7 p.m and June 8th at 9.30 p.m. at the Music Box Theater in Chicago. Oh, that would be a blast. I wish it was somewhere other than Chicago. <laughs> it's, I do not want to go into Chicago. And Well, you know, if this is super popular, maybe it's something that they'll kind of, you know, take on the road, do some fun stuff. I don't know how much setting up they're going to do, you know. I would love to see this. And I mean, it reminds me of the movie Matinee with, uh, wasn't that? Uh, John Goodman. And I don't know if that was a a fictional character based on William Castle or if there was a real life person that he was playing in that movie. But yeah, it would have been really cool to be alive during that time for, you know, shock seats and smell-o-rama and just just stuff like that. I mean, William Castle passed away in 1977. It says here he pioneered the art of the in-theater gimmick with films including The Tangler, 13 Ghosts, Homicidal. I almost want to go to Chicago. I don't know if, wait, I'm going to be able to. No, I'm not going to be able to. Hey, if anybody goes, man, send us a message here at the I Like a Spooky Horror Podcast. I Like a Spooky Pod at gmail.com and, and let us know if it was as fun as it sounds like it's going to be. If you had some money, you could go. Well, that's one of the reasons I can't go. I don't have any money and I'm going to be trying to make money during that time. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have any money. Do you guys have any money? I'm broke. Yep, I'm poor. All right, so I got a couple pickups here to talk about. I'm just going to go with uh, three different things, but two are kind of tied together. Um, We talked before about the Rob Zombie Presents uh, vinyl coming out through Waxwork Records. The White Zombie vinyl, I got that in a few weeks ago. Just been kind of holding on to it, maybe more than a few weeks ago. Uh, But I finally got it in. It looks great. Haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I will very soon. Uh, got that in. And then uh, kind of tying back to some news also, I guess Waxwork teased one day uh, just some little quick snippets of the next albums that are coming out. I guess they're already in the works and they're, they'll be coming out soon. So some more Rob Zombie Presents. They just posted a couple pictures and they're like, can you guess what these are? And of course, a lot of people were guessing them, but I don't remember 
exactly what they were. Uh, so those will be coming out soon. I'm sure we'll talk about them a little bit more. I think we kind of talked about this when Brian and I were driving up to Detroit to meet up with you and go to the con. Jason Edmiston, one of my favorite artists, was releasing some prints that he had left over from Monster Mania Con or some convention somewhere. Horror Hound, something. I don't remember. Um, I was driving and I actually handed my phone to Brian and I'm like, hey, order these for me. So, I mean, he jumped on for me and I was able to get a couple eyes without faces. Um, have you ever seen those, Clint? It's like a it's a just an artwork of just the person's eyes and you know who it is. Yeah, I have. I have I actually got one here just to show you, but I'm going to share it with everybody here soon. But you said that and I, I immediately went to the Return of the Living Dead soundtrack. And that's what I thought you were talking about. But no, you're talking about the artwork. So this one, I got uh, Leatherface. And Art the Clown, a bloody edition of Art the Clown. It's beautiful. I already have it hanging on my wall. I need to find a place to put Leatherface. I'm thinking about making a little section for all Texas Chainsaw stuff because I've got a few things to kind of group together. But yeah, Jason Edmiston, one of my favorite artists. I have a quite a few of his artwork. A lot of the small ones. I don't have any of the plus the big size like pictures, posters which I'll have to find some of those sometimes. Some of his old ones that I really want are super expensive on the secondary market. The Eyes Without a Face artwork there, is it a rendition or is it a photograph or... It's a uh, it's called a Gickly. I don't know exactly how it's printed, but I mean, he does the original one. He'll draw it up and then he'll make prints of them, but they're all limited. I think this one's numbered to like uh, 150. And then Art the Clown, I think, was numbered to 125 or something like that. So they're they're pretty limited. So for those I have, I got those two. And then I have Reagan from The Exorcist that I bought years ago. I actually used to hang it at the bottom of our stairs going down from our bedroom. And my wife made me move it <laughs> because she didn't want to get up in the middle of the night and be like, no, I don't want to see that staring at me. Yeah, those are my pickups. Kind of tame this week and... I think I had a pretty big list last week. So When you put together your Texas Chainsaw Massacre display, leave out anything part two. I heard that's the worst one in the series. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have the soundtrack autographed by Bill Mosley, Chop Top. I love that thing. I'm leaving. What do you guys got? <laughs> I'm sick of this shit. I'm bashing on Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. I, I'm going to jump in. I got I got something Chainsaw Massacre. I recently watched on Tubi. It's been out, I think, since 2020. The um, All-American Massacre, which is the documentary for the search of the lost film from Toby Hooper's son. I'd never watched it. I thought it was a pretty cool watch. And then I just saw that it's going to be showing at Midwest Monster Fest in September as part of their film festival. Which I thought was kind of weird because the movie's been out for a few years and it's on Tubi, but still, I thought it was cool that it's going to be showing there. Have you have you guys seen that? I don't think so. No, I've not watched it. Jason, I remember you talking about you and Tanya are kind of getting the documentaries, and it's, it is it's a documentary about the the making of that film and the fact that it's never come out. Well, it's on Tubi for free. Check it out, All America Massacre. Yeah, definitely will. If that ever comes out, I will buy it, and that will be featured on this episode. But, Brian, what do you have for this episode? I was just going to say, uh, probably got your buddy John Dugan in there, Jason, your cuddle buddy, John. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had Grandpa grinding up on me one night from after Midwest Monster Fest. It was a good night. We had We had some drinks and... I don't blame him. You're fucking squishy. Uh, right. No, exactly. <laughs> I think that's what my wife said. He's like, you're soft. <laughs> So one of the th first things I picked up is a movie called Psycho 8. I don't know if you guys have seen this. It's a uh, Addison Binnick, I think is how you say his name. He's uh, did Trauma Peace Theater, and he's got some other stuff in the works. But he's a friend on Facebook, and he put out this movie, and he's been pushing it, pushing it, and pushing it, and putting it in theaters in the area. And I was like, um, I'll support him. I'll buy a copy, and I'll check it out eventually. But I picked that up on eBay. I was at Target the other day. And Finley and I have been watching The Mayhem on Disney Plus, and I'm loving it. We're on episode five. So I picked up the Electric Mayhem album on vinyl. Heck yeah. And it's like a, it opens up. It's open. I opened it and listened to it. Yes. The day I Good bought job. it. And it's green. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like limited edition or anything. It's a target. You know, it's, I picked that up. It's, a, I enjoyed the show and the music's good. I need to start watching. I love the Muppets. My new Joe Bob poster came in from Slasher Design for season five. Awesome. Got that framed up. 
Bought Creep as always. I don't remember if I showed this one or not. From TerraVision on eBay. It was already open when I got it, so I couldn't not open it. What do you mean it was already open? Paid money for something that was already open? That's bullshit. Send it back. Yeah, it was a used copy. Like, it was cheap. It was like 12 bucks. So I was like, eh, I'll pick it up. And then Jason and I were talking about this the other day. I found this movie. I mean, it's been a while, but it is a reason I'm poor because I bought it at one point for a buck 14 at Goodwill Kingdom of the Spiders starring William Shatner for a dollar and 14 cents. I couldn't pass it up. I don't even know if it was Goodwill. I think it was at Goodwill originally, but when I found it, it was at a Christian thrift store. And I was like, what the hell is this movie doing here? So I was like, I'll pick it up. What the hell? That's absolutely, that's so convenient because, I mean, as luck would have it, that's the movie we're discussing here in a little bit is Kingdom of the Spiders. Wow. I love how the universe works. So that's what I got. I'm sure I have more. I don't know. I I also bought a ticket to fly to Vegas. So that's why I'm really poor because I have to buy a ticket to fly to Las Vegas. I've been waiting. And then I have to get a room in Las Vegas. I can't find anybody to go with me. So I'm just going to have to go by myself and message Darcy. Say, hey, l- let me crash with you for the night. Done. Bam. She she knows Brian. Sleep under Joe Bob's bed. There you go. I was going to bring it up. I, I was surprised you didn't say anything. Yeah, okay, but you brought it up. Yeah. Yeah, he sends me a message. He's like, oh, I don't know. I want to. I was like, dude, go. Go. I had to like force him to do it. Go. I got, I'm a supporter of them on Patreon with the Lost Drive-In. She's taking old stuff that Joe Bob put out and remastering it and getting it out so people can watch it. So I get a one free day pass. So that's 55 bucks right there. So I'm going to fly out on Friday, go to the show, go to the barbecue, go to the show again on Saturday. And then Sunday is just a free day. Uh, The Packers and Raiders are playing that day. So I might wander down to the casino and watch some football or wander down by the stadium, then fly back on Monday. Yeah, I wish I could go. It, it's expensive, though. So the, the Psycho Ape that you showed there, if I remember correctly, I think uh, Josh Perlmutter from Bootleg is Fuck Toys worked with them and did a bootleg toy for them. Yeah, I also think, I, I could be wrong, but I want to say that Psycho Ape is a Detroit-made film. I think the director is from the Detroit area. I don't know if it was shot around Michigan here or not. but Yeah, it is. It's The ape in the movie escapes from the Detroit Zoo. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> And then lastly, correct me if I'm wrong, but is, isn't that also, is that the other movie that's going to be showing at the Orpheum when you guys show Dead Kids? No, we're going to show uh, Dead Kids and Next of Kin, not the Patrick Swayze Next of Kin, the New Zealand haunted house Next of Kin. I guess the other thing I picked up for a, a dime, the box is kind of beat up, but I picked up Nightmare on Elm Street on VHS. I mean, it was a dime. I could not pick it up. I mean, it's not like crazy or expensive or anything, but it was a dime. If I was there, I could have got it for a nickel. Oh, at least. You'd have probably got it for a penny. <laughs> You'd have had them talked into taking it. You could just have it. Just take it with you. When it was all said and done, when the transaction was complete, you'd lean in and kind of whisper real close to him and go, you just got Jason. <laughs> <laughs> and I've already shared that on our YouTube and our new TikTok channel. So you can go check the Nightmare on Elm Street VHS out. Do you do any fancy dances? I mean, I can if you want. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I danced with the toys a little bit. I was like, look at my new Mitrogen 45, or is it 35? Or Hell, I don't know that it matters. It was keeping John alive to kill everybody, except for Chuck Norris. I was dancing with it, and Tiffany's like, you're an idiot. I was like, aw. <laughs> what about you, Clint? Did you get anything? Hell no. Life continues to Jason me, and um, I even tried to get something. I uh, so I saw that Brian. I think I, I came across this and shared it to you. But that uh, I think if they're reaction toys through Super Seven. They're I thought they released, but it, it, they're not available for purchase yet. If I'm correct, but it's um, two action figures. You know, uh, reaction has what they're like three and a half or three and seven five inch action figures, but they're glow in the dark, and they are the male and female punks on the cover art for return of the living dead for the, you know, the, the movie art, the poster art. And I will be picking those up, but I guess they're not available yet. Am I, they're not available to purchase yet. Are they? No, it didn't look like they were available to purchase everything else that I've ordered. Stevie Wayne action figure, not here. Art, the clown action figure, not here. My two things from, um, yeah, my, uh, Halloween action figures there from fright rags, not here. I see you hoarding, hoarding up. I see you holding up a Linnea Quigley horror workout. That's pretty cool. You got one of these. And I think I paid you for that. That's why I'm poor. I bought Linnea Quigley's horror workout. Yes. So you did get that. That did come in this week. And this is Jason's, but. 
Did you get my horror yeah, workout then? And the vinyl? Yeah, yep. They were all in the same package. Perfect. So you got something. You just forgot about it. Well, I, I tell you what, I, I actually I think it's going to be a while before I'm able to really start shelling out some cash again for collectibles. So I might start on these episodes, at least the next few, I might start pulling stuff from my collection that no one even knows that I have. Uh, it'll probably be stuff that Jason hasn't thrown keys at while he was here because I don't want it, you know, scuffed up when I show it or talk about it. Yeah, I'm, I might start doing that about why I've gotten to this point of being poor is for money that I've spent in the past. You know, I am actually spending some money this weekend. Um, and that is Boots and I cleared out a section of landscaping alongside the house. And when we're done recording today, we're going to pick up a bunch of flowers because we're going to make a little bee sanctuary with a bunch of wildflowers. Oh, look, Clint does have a heart. Save the bees. Never mind. If people are going to think I have a heart because of that, <laughs> edit that out. I don't want that in there. It, that, it'll be pretty. I was actually kind of sad because I opened my mailbox and there was a dead bumblebee inside of it, like one of the big fat ones. I'm like, oh, poor thing. I don't know how it got in my mailbox and died, but. I've got a window of death in my garage. I don't know if you guys remember in the garage, there's like a normal window there and I open it all the time because I smoke in the garage. But anyway, all the bees, wasps, flies, whatever, frogs go in there and just die because they can't get out. The window of death. On the next episode of the I Like It Spooky Horror Podcast. <laughs> From Terror Vision. The window of death. Where pollinators and amphibians go to die. But speaking of money going forward in the future, I think we should take it to a sponsor. It's been 25 years in the making. And for this insane anniversary celebration, they called in The Clown. Please welcome our The Clown. Come celebrate Screamers Costumes 25th Anniversary, kicking off at 10 a.m. on Saturday, June 17th at 35431 South Gratiot Ave in Clinton Township, Michigan. Hosted by the one and only Jay Towers from Detroit Fox 2 News, this free, family-friendly, all-day-long Halloween extravaganza will include huge door prizes, mind-blowing raffles and giveaways, outdoor vendors, cosplayers, and will be headlined by Art the Clown himself, David Howard Thornton, and little pale girl, Amelie McLean, who will be on hand to sign autographs and take photos from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Be sure to follow Screamers Costumes on Facebook, Instagram, and ScreamersCostumes.com for terrifying updates. So now that we've heard from our sponsor, it's time for the movie. How about a little 1977 killer spider, William Shatner, his ex-wife, a playboy playmate, a sheriff, a whole goddamn town that's wanting to have, what are they, not a rodeo. Oh, it was a county fair. We're talking Kingdom of the Spiders. Now let's get into a good song with Dorsey Burnett and his country kicker pickers with a salute to peaceful Birdie Valley, a great place to live in. Jesus Christ. What'd you guys think? Who is the Playboy Playmate in this? The main actress. She was a Playmate? I didn't know that. Wow. That wasn't his ex-wife, or you mean ex-wife in real life. No, the one lady that is like his brother's... His brother's ex-wife. The widow has his ex-wife in real life. I know. I was trying to figure that out. I'm like, this is kind of weird. She's hot for him. Like, that's... <laughs> I've had your brother. <laughs> it's your turn. Like... <laughs> William Shatner was a playboy back in the day. All right, so to get this back in, back on the tracks here, uh, this movie is basically Jaws, and it's on land, and it has spiders. <laughs> Not another one. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was this after Jaws? This was after Jaws. Jaws came out in 75, I think, if I'm right. Yeah, or was that? Yeah, Jaws came out in 75. This came out in 77. So, I mean, after Jaws, that's where in the late 70s, you had a ton of kind of animals or nature overtaking humanity. You had worms, uh, squirm. You had, uh, well, birds from Hitchcock was pre-Jaws. But still, this was one of the ones that came out afterwards. Spiders taking over humanity. Then you have frogs. God, that was in that time period. Food of the gods with the rats. Day of the Beast. Grizzly. I don't remember when that was, but that seems like it was. Yeah, it was all in this time period. One of my favorites is called Fangs, I think. And it's like a old, yeah, 1974 Fangs. So it was a little, it was before Jaws. But it's about this guy that's a, a snake wrangler and he gets wronged by somebody in town and he just starts taking out the whole town by killing them with snakes. Like throw them in a pit with a snake and they die. But with Kingdom of the Spiders, this movie was directed by John Bud Carlos, who he made a bunch of movies that Jason has never heard of or I have ever seen. But I'm sure that Brian has somewhere unwrapped. 
in his collection. The director, though, John Bud Carlos, he has an acting credit for a movie I have seen. It's called uh, Hell's Angels on Wheels from 1967. 1967, yeah. Starring Jack Nicholson. I've seen that one. Motorcycle Gang? What gave it away? The Hell's Angels or The Wheels? The Wheels gave it away. So what do you think, Jason? Do you like uh, this movie? <laughs> so, so <laughs> I know. Tell us what you didn't like. Thankfully, I waited till my <laughs> wife went to bed. <laughs> I was like, All right, let me put this on. And when it started, I'm like, oh, my God. Just the opening the opening theme song. This morning, shining through the early spring. Down in peaceful Birdie Valley. Who knows what tomorrow may bring. Just go in. That was kind of funny. I was cracking up at that. And yeah, we're introduced to this guy who's proud of his cow. And I was like, oh my God, what did they get me into here? I did. I loved the camera work though. Like with the cow, like they put that cow through its paces. I love that. In the beginning, it's like, the, it's, it's almost like the, what the fuck is that camera? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And then that cow kept turning its head. Like, what's that? What's that? And it, it was a very creative way to make it think like it's surrounded by spiders, but it was all individual shots. I wonder how they got its attention. It's probably something like that they don't like and they just like ran at it with it above the camera or maybe even just the camera itself. Like, oh, what's coming at me? It was followed up, too, with the spider vision because you got the, the what the fuck cam where the cow's like, what's that? What's that? What's that? Looking left and right. And then, it, you know, the camera gets down on the grass like it's the spiders kind of crawling towards the cow. And then jumps up at the cow and freeze frame cow is dead or close enough yeah yeah who knows how they got his attention because uh something i found interesting was in the credits of this film you do not see a no animals were harmed in the making of this film <laughs> that disclaimer it's not in the credits and uh, i found out that the first disclaimer of that you know no animals were harmed was in 1972 for the film the doberman gang about an animal trainer who trains a six-pack of dobies to rob banks so that mentality in that disclaimer already existed i don't think they cared too much about that in this film though no i was wondering like how many spiders did they actually step on and kill or like spray or look at all the ones they ran ran over at the end with the cop car <laughs> i was like oh oh this is <laughs> i've got it somewhere here in my notes but uh yeah shatner had talked about that uh he felt terrible because of all the spiders that were actually killed in the making of this film like you say jason the, the car running over there was a lot that set designers painted in certain spots or there was a few fake ones you could kind of spot but there was like five thousand live tarantulas i found out this movie had a five hundred thousand dollar budget and 50,000 of it went to tarantulas, 10 bucks a tarantula. So they had $5,000, or I'm sorry, 5,000 live tarantulas, and probably only, I don't know, 3,000 of them made it out alive after this. Uh, <laughs> they all went to have drinks afterwards, and they're like, Remember the great tarantula war of 77? My brother didn't make it. I was picturing it was going to be, um, you know, the, like a mother spider. Like, I thought we were going to see, like, the queen spider or something. But no, it was just, you know, a huge amount of just these tarantulas. And I think if they would have done that, it would have taken it more sci-fi as opposed to the more sort of reality, loosely reality-based us killing off their food supply by, you know, DDT and, and stuff um, and them having to turn on us for food. I mean, yeah, the plot was perfect. You know, they, they kind of sealed up why that's happening or kind you know. We kind of knew. Well, and um, the the actress who played Diane, Diane, early on in the movie, she said that in all the scenarios of the insect world taking over man or nature taking over man, she said man never comes out the victor. <laughs> uh, you know, back to the uh, the budget though, in the amount of spiders they brought in. Apparently, when they were done shooting, this was shot in, in Arizona, where tarantulas live in the desert. They like it warm. I know we have a tra well, we had a tarantula here in the house. Most of the uh, tarantulas that were native there to Arizona, they let loose in the wild, and so I guess you know a bunch of locals said that for many years they saw a higher than usual number of tarantulas in the area. Well, that would suck. Yeah, you can shoot your movie here, and then you just leave them with a bunch of tarantulas over the place. So what did you like about the movie jason or what did you like oh we can't talk about that part yet i want to get we'll go through the movie <laughs> a little bit more and then we'll kind of get to i overall enjoyed it william shatner's character it just kind of i i was cracking up when he the when he met the blonde lady at the first the spider doctor lady lady and she thought that he worked at the gas station so he's you know turning on his charm and 
then she has to go to the bathroom and he's like oh yeah the the the, the woman's doesn't work so do, you got to go into the men's room okay and she does and then he tell the attendant comes back and he's like oh she's in the men's room why is she in there i don't know you go ask her <laughs> i mean that, it, it was kind of funny so it did have like the comedy aspect in here so i mean it truly was some of the comedy and Right before that scene, you see Clyde, the guy with the chicken coop strapped to the back of his car. He was a tough negotiator over that tire. He completely, completely jasoned that mechanic over that tire. <laughs> he sure did. I got $5. That's all I got. He said, I can't do five. So the dude just got in his car and drove off. With that wrecked ass tire. He wasn't getting far. <laughs> Shortly before that scene, you see uh, in the beginning of the film, you see Shatner with his uh, storyline. I guess in real life, it was his wife or ex-wife, but storyline, his deceased brother's wife. And it looked like they had a good thing going there. You know, they were flirting and stuff. Looked like they were kind of getting ready to tussle on the ground there. And then she screwed up and called Shatner's character the dead brother's name and, you know, put a stop to that. When Melissa and I were dating, she called me her uh, ex-husband's name one time. That that kind of sucked. But at least she didn't call me Cleef. Didn't call me Cleef. So that's <laughs> didn't good. call you. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Got me dying. <laughs> After the gas station, when Diane, the spider scientist lady, she checks into the cabins there. Did you guys catch the prices for a room? It was $9 for a, like a motel room or $11 for a cabin. I know it's 1977, but man, the kids and I, when they were little, we used to go to a place called uh, Yogi Bear. I don't know if they have any of those where you're at. And we'd spend hundreds of dollars just for a freaking cabin for a night or two. Take me back to 77, please. Now, don't forget, it was $13 on the weekend because the county fair was happening. That's right. They got to get their dollar, too. They got to make a buck. We ain't trying to rip you off for nothing, but we got to make money. After Diane checks into the cabin and she's she takes a shower, you get the real quick side boob shot. That's the only nudity in this film, and I don't even think it was intentional. It's nothing even barely worth mentioning, but... um. She sits down at her vanity there. She's brushing her hair and a tarantula had made it in the drawer and they have it crawl on her hand. And it's, I think it's to show that she's not afraid of spiders and she takes it outside and she's talking to it like a pet. But if you watch that scene, her hand is shaken to beat hell. But I guess she was hired for this role because she was the only actress that they had auditioned. I think that that wasn't afraid of spiders. So they're like, you got the part. Yeah, they did some cool camera work with that one, too, going across the floor and building up the suspense and going up the chair and into the drawer. Yeah, I thought she was done for. Yeah, I, I kind of thought she would get bit or something would happen. One spider bite wouldn't kill you, it sounds like. Sounds like you had to be bitten several times by these kinds of spiders, these tarantulas, to be killed. When you think about it, you think like, man, I could survive this. They're just spiders, but they popped up out of nowhere. You know, I'm, I know it was like screenshot, set up shots and everything, and but I was like, no, I could survive. I don't know if I would ever want to be in that situation. I'm not as scared of spiders as I am like snakes. I would probably just pass out and get torn up by the snakes. It was the only kind of, in my opinion, like science fiction angle on this movie was they had one line, excuse me, towards the uh, middle of the movie where they state the venom is more, has a higher toxicity level. And then, of course, they you factor in the fact that all the spiders have decided to work together. So, I mean, most tarantulas... Their venom is not dangerous to humans. You can get bit, and it's kind of like a bee sting. It might be like a really bad bee sting. The tarantula that Boots had, it uh, it would toss its hairs at us every once in a while, and so it'd be kind of itchy. But it, if it bit you, we had a, a curly hair. I forget the scientific name, but it was a curly hair. I do have a scar in my arm, though, because it was crawling on me when I was cleaning its cage one time. And I had my arm kind of way up in the air as kind of like looking at it face level. And then it was almost like it kind of tensed up, like it realized it was way up in the air and I felt it tense up and I kind of freaked out. So I go to put my arm down and get it back in its cage and it like ran up my arm and dug in and then slipped down. They have these little claws at the end of their paws and it dug into my skin. Oh man, it was scary. But most, most tarantulas aren't going to kill humans. But hundreds of them. Thousands. Like you said, this is Jaws on land. Everybody could have just fucking left town, but everybody wants to stay in town because the county fair is happening. And I got to take my prize winning cattle. You know, somebody else was taking chicken and the mayor's not closing town. we got to be quarantined. That's I think that question was asked 20 times in this movie. So are you quarantining us? 
Can we have the fair? What are we doing? You could have just left town. I'm just going to leave town for, you know, until the spider thing gets figured out. Nobody needs to stay. It shows the arrogance of man, really. We think we're, we're top of the food chain, top of the pecking order. We're not. In, in the reality-based part of this movie, if something like this were to happen, we'd be dead. We'd be fucked because there's nothing we can do about it. But we're so arrogant. If, dude, if I walk out in my yard right now and see, I forget how many spider hills there were, but they were massive, these massive spider hills. I see that there's all these different species of tarantula interacting with each other that shouldn't, that should be fighting and eating each other. I'd get the fuck out of Dodge. I would be like, oh, that's weird. Well, I guess we should do something about that no i'd leave <laughs> bye well you the guy at the beginning he's like fuck this i'm gonna rip this you want to see how many spiders is in there that's not a good idea leave it alone burn it up go about your way and they burn it and you think that that's going to be the end of it of course it can't be because that's fairly early on in the movie but then they discover there's i forget you know, a dozen more spider hills and they were massive creepy ass looking spider hills that was um Colby was his name, the farmer guy. Uh, I found out, I thought his wife's name was Verge. And I'm like, oh, we got another movie back to back where the wife's name is Verge. Because that was Vincent Price's wife's name in Last Man on Earth, the last episode we did. But I guess her name wasn't Verge, it was Birch. And I found out that that was, at the time, she was married to Sammy Davis Jr. That's like his third wife or something. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, fun little tie, in fact. Yeah, that poor lady. Like when Colby was like, oh, I just need to go be on my own. When he gets attacked by all the spiders that come out of absolutely nowhere in his truck. You think you would have seen them. I guess they were all huddled together, hiding under the seat until the right moment. There were several instances of that in this movie that was kind of ridiculous. When he dies, he drives off the road, gets attacked by the spiders, drives off the road. They go to tell her that he had died. So and they go up and they're like, Verge, whatever, I need to talk to you. Oh, don't tell me you're going to quarantine us. And the cop just sits there and says nothing for like two minutes. <laughs> you can't quarantine us. You can't do that. That's going to ruin our livelihood. You can't do that to us. And the cop's just like standing there letting her like think all this like worse stu or bad stuff. And then, no, he's dead. I don't, did it ever show him telling her? It kind of went away and then you heard her scream. Yeah, it went to a long shot. I liked how they did that too. It went to a long shot and then he must have told her because she lets out this big cry. And then there's a spider who's like on this log watching. And then when she cries, it starts to like, okay, ha 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 ha. And she starts, you know, the spider crawls off. But I was going to say something before this, but that scene where, um, you know, Colby drives off the cliff, the ravine, and then they find out that he's dead. You know, the cops are there and Shatner and the, and the cop go down. That to me, that whole reveal of dead Colby was no different than Ben Gardner and Jaws. When Ben Gardner's head popped out of the bottom of the boat, when uh, Hooper was swimming under, the same thing. But boy, I tell you what, those spiders were quick with those webs. I know from having a tarantula that the, the time frame of when that happened to when you see that reveal, that wasn't enough time to cover that. Of course, it was a bunch of tarantulas, but still. These are super tarantulas, though, with strong venom, and they make webs 10 times faster than a normal tarantula. And they're bigger. It's kind of like cocaine spiders. DDT spiders. That was another thing they kind of explained away. As they get bigger, the chemical doesn't kill the spider. Oh, that makes sense. I don't know if that's true or not, but I mean, it makes sense if that's why the spiders are not being killed by the guy flying around the whole goddamn town all day and night. Just flies over <laughs> at the beginning. He flies pretty good in that thing. Did you see before he took flight? Because on the side of his plane, he had pictures of all these little like pests because he's the DDT sprayer. And he goes to draw a spider on there. It was the worst drawing. It looked like an amoeba or like plankton <laughs> from SpongeBob. I'm like, what is this guy doing? A little more foreshadowing. The whole town's dead anyway, because when that the spiders attack him while he's flying, and they look, stay away from town. You've got this toxic, lethal dose of chemicals. <laughs> he flies right into town, crashes into the gas station in the center of town. It blows up. I'm like, everybody's dead anyway. They just breathed in all this flammable gas oil mixture DDT stuff. Was it William Shatner, or maybe it was the lady? She's like, call the fire department. And he's like, no, nope, it's fine. It's, it's, it's too far gone. <laughs> I read in that scene too that since this was a low a low budget film again it was like five hundred thousand dollars to make in seventy eight or uh, seventy seven so it's probably made seventy six anyway that scene where the plane crashes in and you see the actors kind of scatter that was the actors they had no stunt doubles it was just okay when this gets to a certain point jump and they're okay watch out did you guys recognize who the little girl was Shatner's niece uh, -uh. 
Mm-mm. It's a uh, Natasha Ryan. She was in Amityville. She was the little girl in Amityville who, uh, you know, there was I think three kids, but she was the youngest where the ghost was rocking in the chair in her room with her and stuff. She was in a couple other horror films around that time too. Speaking of Amityville, did you guys hear which Amityville won the award at the recent 2023 Chainsaw Awards, Fangoria Chainsaw Awards? Amityville Christmas. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> How many were up? Oh, it's half dozen, yeah. They have enough Amityville movies they can have a award every year for Jesus. Maybe I can get Tiffany to watch that. You know she loves Christmas. I love that. It was uh it was 2023 Fangoria Chainsaw Awards. It was exclusive to Shutter. It's probably still on there. I didn't watch it yet. But it was legitimate. You know, all these categories were legitimate. It's a legitimate award show. But yeah, at the very end there, best Amityville. That's awesome. You think they'll start like people start making movies that are just like Amityville? I I guess they already are. <laughs> I was gonna say, what are you talking about? There's Amityville in space, Amityville toilet, Amityville Christmas. I can't remember which Amityville we covered when I was a guest on Attack of the Killer podcast. It was the one with the clock, because it was for killer furniture. That was in nineteen ninety-two. It was uh Amityville, it's about time, or no, that was a tagline. I remember that. That was from 92, though. That was was a decent flick. We should make Amityville podcasters. (laughs) Just cover Amityville movies? Yeah. (laughs) You think the movies we watch now are bad. I was about to say, yeah, no, I'm I'm out. So going back to the niece, like another one of my favorite parts of the movie, when Shatner was saving her when she was up on the bed playing with the dolls and the spiders started crawling up there. Did you see him? He grabbed her and threw her across the room onto the floor into another pile of spiders. Like I was like, <laughs> did he did he just really throw this girl? <laughs> they flung her around like a freaking rag doll. She had to have been hurt from that. I tell you what, that scene where he showed, you know, they realize the spiders are really starting, the plane is blowing everything up, the spiders are starting to take over. They go to rescue the niece and the, the brother's ex-wife or whatever. The spiders crawling all over, terror, absolutely fucking terrifying. It reminded me when I was like 16, my parents went on a trip to Florida and I stayed at my grandparents'. But at the time, there was a way to break into my house. We had a well. And so you could just scoot the well pit over and come in. And so me and all my friends went to my house to party. And I came in through the well pit and I came out and I was like literally just covered in spiders. And I was freaking out, like ripping my clothes off and stuff. That's what it made me think of. It was just terrifying. All these tarantulas all over this little girl. I gather, Clint, you're not afraid of spiders. You you like spiders. They're fine. Like Yeah, well, we had one in the house. Yeah. Jason, you like spiders? No, not really. I'm... Getting better as I get older with spiders. We have a spider that's in our window in our bat in our kitchen that's built a web and is kind of Tiffany's like, kill that damn thing. I was like, it's fine. It ain't bothering nobody. And I snakes are fine too. We have snakes all over our yard. But that seems to be like one of the biggest phobias I gather is spiders. You know, right up there with heights and snakes. And I'm not an ocean person. I'll look at it. I ain't getting in the damn thing for maybe up to my ankles, but I ain't going any further where something can bite me and drag me off and eat my fat ass. I feel like in the 70s, if there was anything that could kill you, there was an animal, they made a movie about it. I find myself, for some reason, these are like comfort movies to me. Like, I feel like I could put this on. Bingo. Just watch it and then go. This I watched this on Tubi. The next movie was Food of the Gods. And then I figure the next movie would be like Fangs and then Grizzly and Day of the Beasts. I feel like it would just be like it would probably last until the end of the year and it could just run and there's not nudity in most of them. Most of them don't have a gore or anything. You know, they're just fun. The side boob is not a big deal. But again, we talked about Last Man on Earth. This is a nice gateway movie into horror again. You know, there's not a lot of cussing. I don't know that there's any curse words in it. You know, it's just a nice. Yeah, it's not bloody, not gory. I mean, I think the only special effects that you see are like when Shatner gets bit up towards the end, his face has some special effects on it. But I don't see any. I mean, you see some dead bodies. I agree with you. I think this is a comfort film. And I think one of the reasons for me it is, is because the look and the feel of the film, like the quality and the coloring, it's all from the era that we all grew up in. So it just, it takes me back to when I was a kid. There I go, nostalgia again. But it just reminds me of something I watched when I was a kid because all I did, I've seen this movie multiple times. Going back to the special effects, there was the one big special effect where Birch, Sammy Davis Jr.'s wife, was being attacked by the spiders and she's trying to shoot them. And there's one kind of by her hand and she holds her hand up and blows half her hand off with a revolver. 
And I found out that V. Neal did the effects, the special effects in this movie, which, you know, she's been involved in just about as much stuff as Greg Nicotero as far as the history of modern horror movies. And I think that's probably her being involved is what, when you see people in the cocoons and stuff like that, it really gave it that kind of realistic, creepy ass. I'm not scared of spiders, but humans wrapped up in cocoons and spiders crawling all over them scares the fuck out of me. When they had, um, oh, the handyman, when he was revealed, his name was Fred. He was revealed towards the end of the movie. They found him like in the woodshed. And that was the first person you really saw completely cocooned up before you see people in the town all cocooned up. It was terrifying. It was absolutely fucking terrifying. It reminded me of the mist. I liked when the when the shit hit the fan and the towns people were going nuts. That was a good scene, I thought, you know, where everybody was trying to get in the cop car, the cops in the in there and they're everybody's going crazy, people are wrecking, everybody's running everywhere, spiders are getting run over, water towers gotten dropped onto the cop car. Just that whole scene. It was just, you know, <laughs> kids riding their bikes through the fucking fence, through the white picket fence. Yeah spiders hanging off them okay so one of the people in that end scene that was wrapped like dead bodies was a big fat guy do you remember seeing that guy yeah i know him from somewhere he's got to be in other stuff i need to like look and see his face i was like i know him he plays like the mayor or something and i need to do the research and find out who this is because this actor is Go to the Internet Movie Database because, of course, whenever any film you go to the Internet Movie Database, you know it'll it'll give you a list of facts. It'll give you the cast, and you click on them, and it'll show you all the other projects they've been involved in. And a lot of people, a lot of the actors in this film, were not necessarily um, recognizable for our time because they had grown up. They were movies in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Well, the first thing I stumbled on on an Internet Movie Database, and you probably have this in your notes, Clint, but this movie was nominated for three Saturn Awards. For, you know, by the Academy of Science Fiction, best horror film, best actor and best supporting actor. So William Shatner and then Woody Strode, who was the farmer. Yeah, he played Colby. I don't want top cast. I want all the damn cast. What's it going to say? Like dead person at the end? <laughs> you could spend all day finding connections and information on, on IMDb. One thing it's probably not on the Internet Movie Database is how, again, I think this movie was inspired by Richard Matheson. And I'm going to tell you why. At the end, this is very bullshit. At the end, the spiders have our remaining cast trapped in the cabin. The spiders converge on the, the fuse box. And so William Shatner goes down to fix the fuse box. And there's two windows behind him. And you can see they're covered with spiders. Like there's a backlight. And all I could think of is they remind me of watching Last Man on Earth. But instead, the spiders were going like, William Shatner. Come out, William. <laughs> That's all I could hear ringing in my ears. Like Vincent Prime Morgan. And then, of course, he, for whatever reason, rips down the fucking curtains and they all fall on him and they, you know, he gets bit. That was the biggest stretch of this movie, I thought was he just got bit multiple times by multiple tarantulas. They're taking down bulls. They're taking down planes. They're dropping down water towers. He gets bit seven different times at once, but they find a way to neutralize the venom and he's okay. It, that was kind of a stretch. Baking soda. Right. God damn it, I can't find out who that guy is. It's going to drive me nuts. No, yeah, they don't list too many people. So here's the biggest question. Do you guys think they made it out? Because... At the end of the movie, which I thought this was probably the creepiest reveal, was they wake, they, they go to sleep, they wake up the next morning, it's six in the morning, Shatner pries off a couple boards, he's looking out the window, and they see that everything, the whole town, is encased in webs. Do you think they made it out? Hell no. Yeah. How would you? And that's what I liked about this. They just kind of left it. Like, it's just... I, I saw that they were doomed. They were screwed. I'm guessing they probably are. The only the only thing I because I started thinking I was like, okay, what would happen? What would happen? I was like, maybe they could wait it out until the fighter the spider's food source is gone, and then maybe they'd split. Because even if there's some food around, if it's a low if it's low, the spiders will split and move to the next resource. But then I was like, they're not going to wait it out just because of the the big guy you were just talking about all wrapped up, Brian. I mean, those spiders are going to be eating off him for a good month. <laughs> So the last fun fact I found before I uh, assume we were going to get around to rating this masterpiece, it's kind of a paragraph, but did you guys hear that there was going to be a sequel to this? <clears throat> Here we go. According to William Shatner, he worked with Canon Films in the late 1980s to produce a sequel titled Kingdom of the Spiders 2. It's a pretty catchy title. He said he supplied the film's premise, which would have featured a man being tortured by his enemies 
preying upon his intense fear of spiders to get him to reveal a secret. Uh, Cannon even went so far as to take out a full-page ad in Variety magazine announcing that Shatner would direct and star in the film. Tiffany Bowling, who played Diane, she found out she was angry that no one invited her to co-star again. When I say did they make it out, according to this, they were going to write it like they they made it out. says here... um, but then the studio, Canon, went bankrupt before production could even begin. However, it was announced again by 21st Century Film in the early 90s, but this too was never made. And then again in 2003, the website for Port Hollywood, a film production company run by Igor Cantor, who was the producer of the original, they posted a brief synopsis of the plot, another proposed sequel, but again, that went away too. So as of April 2022, the film has still not ever been made or cast that would be really reaching now if they bring that back that would be fun to see them bring back these type of movies though because you know all the movies we get nowadays you think of kingdom of the spiders 2 came out you know that's totally the 70s 80s era stuff how it would be received we had arachnophobia in what was that mid to late 90s which was a great film i've been hearing our rumors that arachnophobia 2 is supposed to be coming out soon supposedly next year i think or is it this year yeah, I'm excited for that. I want to see that. I love arachnophobia. I think, and I've talked about it before on these episodes, I think if someone made a sequel to a movie like this, I mean, a legitimate sequel with a budget, people would flock to it because this film has such a huge cult following now. I'd watch the damn thing. <laughs> I don't know where I'd be at with this. I was entertained. It was decently put together. It had its cheese in it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this a six dead prize cows out of 10. I think, it, you know, it's not just an average movie. It was, it was, it was okay. Do you guys really think I would hate it that much? Yes. <laughs> We're starting to wear on you though. I was about to say, that's what's good about being on this podcast. It's making me explore stuff that I would like, I would never give that movie the time of day. And now I kind of have to, I, you know, I thank you guys for it. It's, I'm glad I watched it. I've watched a lot worse. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this week. I enjoyed this movie. Like I said, Glenn, it's a, this is comfort movies for me. You don't have to put a lot of thought into it. You can watch it any time of the day, whether there's kids around or family around. It's not one of those that you're like, Oh, probably shouldn't let the kids see or the anybody see that's maybe coming over to visit. And, uh, we had a soccer game this weekend and I was talking to Tiffany's mom and grandma and they're like, Oh, we remember seeing that at the drive in or at the theater. We like that movie, you know? So they both knew what it was. You know, a lot of times I'll be like, Oh, I'm going to watch this and they're like what the hell is that so yeah it's got a following from back then and it's picked up a cult following it was covered on riff tracks which i watched this and i was like how did they i mean i get riff tracks in it but i didn't think it was that bad that it would be a movie that they'd cover maybe it's just because it has that cult following you know they covered it i went seven out of ten dead ex-wives because William Shatner's ex-wife, who was in this movie, accidentally drowned, and then he got married two years later. It's <laughs> so grim. What? It's the end. These people are not getting out of these spiders. It's just something I found when I was looking at like who the actors and actresses was, and I was like, oh, that's his ex-wife. I wonder how long they were married. And then you find out she accidentally drowned. She had been drinking and had some drugs in her system and she passed away because they had a good connection. Like you were saying, I was like, these almost, these two almost have too good of a connection. Like you could tell they have a relationship in real life. I don't know. What'd you think? Maybe not so grim, Clint. I don't know. I'm kind of fucking depressed now. <laughs> Jesus. I'm going to rate this because she accidentally drowned. Um, <laughs> repeating myself, repeating you, Brian comfort film. This is a comfort film. I grew up, I've seen this film a gajillion times. It had great lighting, great sound, great quality, especially for a low-budget $500,000 film. Uh, it was it was put together well. I think my only issue with this movie is it is super slow. It, it takes a good hour plus to get going, but the last 20, 25 minutes of this film make you forget all that and, and make up for it. It's... um. Especially if, if you have arachnophobia, this movie is going to scare the living shit out of you. Uh, I think the premise is realistic and relatable. I'm going to give it six also. I'm going to give it six species of tarantulas because I thought that was one of the cool things was how all these species that shouldn't be able to cohabitate were working together. Even species that were cannibalistic on each other were working together for a common goal. So again, this is kind of loosely based off Richard Matheson. William Shatner, come out, William. 
Six out of ten. I would like to go a little bit higher, but I think I know what the film is, and I'm not going to, oh, this is an eight or a nine or a ten. I think I would give it a higher rating if the beginning wasn't so slow. That's my opinion. Yeah, they're kind of tricky because right away you get that action of the cow being killed. Then it slows down a lot. Way down. Oh, they drew you in and then slowed it down, put the story together. And gave you half a boob. (laughs) Get you in the middle. Keep you in. I know. I was like, oh, shower scene. Here we go. And side boot. Now that we've talked about all things spiders and webs, let's hear from our podcast network. I don't have anything fun this week. I it sounds like you need segue classes this week. Last week it was me. I was way off. This movie is full of a whole bunch of venomous, deadly, creepy crawly bastards. Do you know who else is what else is full of creepy crawly bastards? <laughs> our podcast network, the PFPN. Let's hear from them. And this is our last episode with them. We will get a cease and desist letter next week. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. So now that we've heard from our podcast network, it's time for a little This Day in Horror History. A date which will live in infamy. So on this day in horror history, well, not this day, but after this episode comes out, the two weeks following this episode, on June 18th, Willard was released in 1971. Food of the Gods was released in 1976. So more killer stuff, more stuff that's going to kill us. And High Tension was released in 2003. And that might be the most dangerous thing of all, a woman. I need to revisit High Tension. I remember watching it when it first came out and how crazy it was. Isn't it like a foreign film? It's like a French film or something. Great fucking movie. Yeah. Fun little twist at the end. Don't ruin it. Yeah, but I need to I need to watch it again. So then on June 25th in 1982, The Thing was released. The Omen was released in 1976. And The Phantom of the Opera, one of the 50 Phantom of the Opera movies, was released in 1962. Interesting. It's crazy. Like, I'll look at these days and I'm like, what the? All those movies came out on this day? And then you'll look at some days and you're like, how the hell? In the last 100 years have nothing been released on this day. Nothing, like, significant or even good. Like, you'll look at the list and you're like, I've never even heard of any of these movies. And some days is like four movies. I don't know if I've seen any of the fan or the operas. I think the Robert England one. I <laughs> Saw that when it first came out, but <laughs> you you watch like the worst one that fucking ever came out. Probably so. I've seen the worst one that ever came out. Yeah. <laughs> I actually saw a fan of the opera at the Orpheum, old black and white silent film. It looked great on the screen. Based off this real quick uh, research look up here of a trailer and the poster art, I think the worst fan of the opera based off face value is this one that you're talking about from 1962. It looks... We won't cover that one. Or the Robert England one. Probably not, yeah. Speaking of The Thing, I know this episode is going to drop a couple weeks after Texas Frightmare Weekend, which is going on right now while we're recording. Have you guys seen any of the uh, the uh, any pictures from like cosplayers or stuff from there? There's uh, some sweet John Carpenter, because John Carpenter's headlining that event right now. Some sweet The Thing cosplays. You guys would love it. See if you can find, I'll see if I can find some pictures and send to you some cool stuff. I've been following some of the John Carpenter stuff because I follow him and people tag him. And of course, I saw they had a thing exclusive poster and then a, a they live poster. And I was like, oh, that that they live poster is just freaking so damn good looking. It's so sexy. I was like, oh, damn it. You know where I heard about that? I heard about that on Spill the Guts, the I Like It Spooky Horror <laughs> Podcast, <laughs> tri-weekly news blitz show brought to you every Monday, Wednesday and Friday. That's where I heard about it. Like I told Jason last episode, I get all of my horror news from the I Like a Spooky Horror podcast. Never heard of him. <laughs> Never. <laughs> he doesn't listen to the show. <laughs> 
Oh my God. What the hell is going on? anything jason i feel like i should just record something and we'll just play it every time it's my turn to talk <laughs> oh was that the segue to jason i never know with you guys anymore yeah so this episode comes out a week before father's day so i will celebrate father's day because i've been told i'm the world's greatest father so you know there's that I, i'll be gearing up for by the time this comes out we're going to be in mid-june which means by then, two three weeks away from my favorite con of the year, Flashback Weekend is coming early August. We'll talk more about that then, but I'm I'm super hyped for that because some of my Halloween two guys. Did you just say two weeks away? By the time this comes out, two to three weeks away. Yeah, I think three weeks away. Yeah, three weeks, whatever. So if this comes out in mid-June, Flashback's the first week of August. So you got like a month and a half. He's getting bad at math. I don't know how to do a calendar. Wait a minute. No. <laughs> I even like looked ahead and I was like, I said, fuck July, <laughs> June. And then August it is. He's subtracting months or weeks out of the year. Like he subtracts money out of vendors pockets. He just Jason July. He's like, fuck July. <laughs> <laughs> I was so hyped. I want to go ahead and apologize to the listeners right now. We've kind of all been off in this episode. Well, these two guys have been off this episode. It's, <laughs> this is Memorial Day week, and I think maybe everybody's had a few adult drinks or maybe a little extra sleep, and we're kind of groggy right now. So, so Jason, what else do you have going on in June? I got fucking nothing. I'm not, <laughs> I don't know. I've got stuff and things and <laughs> jason's like, like this episode comes out in two weeks and a week after that it's gonna be christmas time <laughs> i don't i don't have nothing whatever it's nobody's still listening anyway <laughs> and if you are invite me to something i have i have nothing i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Oh. <laughs> you just won the internet my friend <laughs> brian what do you got going on i i don't have anything either father's day i'm sure i'll have some projects to do around the house and mowing to do trying to make money to pay for this trip to las vegas still working with the orpheum building that event we're talking with matt harding and sounds like we're gonna do some uh movie themed drinks at the vault which is a local brewery here in town Talked to them last week and kind of building this. It seems like it might be a decent size event. And it sounds like Clint may be coming down for that. So we'll talk more about that as it gets closer. That'll be fun. And just promoting the show, being on TikTok, being on YouTube. You could see my ugly face if you want to. I mean, you, I wouldn't recommend it, but yeah, <laughs> if you want. I guess it's more horror history. I, I share history and verses and some of my shit I got around here that's overtaking the house, which is fine by me. I appreciate you giving me a legitimate reason not to watch your videos. You just, I'm going to say, you, I'm going to say you said you didn't recommend it. So that's why I'm not doing it. You don't watch the videos. Jason doesn't listen to the show. What do you got going on, Clint? I know you got something going on. I watch some of the videos. I do watch. It. In fact, the, the one that it was it, one of the first ones you put out and it was, I forget now, but it was something to do about Friday the 13th. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. I was laughing out loud since then. I mean, you know, I haven't laughed as that loud, but I laugh. You're funny. It's great. Go check out Brian's videos. What do I got going on? Yeah. Okay. So this comes out June 11th. After June 11th is June 17th, which is before flashback in August. And June 17th, which is, I believe, the day before Father's Day, I am going to be at Screamers Costumes in Detroit, Michigan. Let me give you, you actually earlier in this episode heard them as a sponsor for this episode, but I'm going to give you the address again. And if you're in Michigan, Screamers Costumes is at 35431 South Gratiot Ave in Clinton Township. Art the Clown is going to be there as well as, I'm going to screw up her name, not a meal. It's um, Amelie, Amelie McLean, who plays Little Ghost Girl. They are going to be there signing autographs, uh, taking pictures with fans. And this is all to celebrate Screamers Costumes 25th anniversary. God, there's going to be uh, giveaways. There's going to be raffles. There's going to be 
cosplayers. There's going to be a food truck. There's going to be a, a handful of outside vendors outside of Screamers costumes. Uh, myself and Ted's Custom Gumball Emporium are going to be there. A handful of other people. It's going to be a great time. Free event. Fan, family, fun, family, friendly show. Show up, get in line, talk to us, hang out, meet Art the Clown. I wish I could go. I'm coming to your thing. You can't come to my thing? Right. Fine. Well, I'm coming to Michigan in July. Jason was going to come hang come hang out with me, but he didn't. He didn't. No, you didn't know about that. He was hoping he was hoping I didn't bust his balls in in public, but I'm going to. My my back patio, right? I got the hot tub, I got the fire pit, I got all that stuff. I didn't use it like at all last year. So it was just everything was dirty and filthy. So I spent all damn day last Tuesday or whatever it was power washing everything. And as I'm getting done, like I'm looking at it, like this looks nice. And I did this in anticipation of Jason and Tanya coming up. I thought it's nice out. We can sit out here, enjoy it. And I just get about done. I am admiring my work. And Jason, I get a message. He goes, yeah, we're not coming up. We're heading home. You son of a bitch. Uh, I feel really bad. I, I didn't. I thought I was more intrusive than anything. We didn't have anything set plans. And I was like worried about your work schedule. And I was like, oh, if we can meet, that would be great. Like I didn't, I should have planned better. It's funny because Jason blames Tanya. Tanya blames Jason. And I just have fun. I have fun messing with him about it. So I ended up spending a ton on my vacation. And then the main thing I wanted to do in up in Michigan, you know, except for hang out with my buddy Clint was, you know, go go to the Michigan stadium. And I didn't plan that too well because I was like, oh, I could just set it up for when I know I'm going to be there. But no, you have to set that shit up like two weeks in advance. And they made it clear, like there's no same day walk-ins and all that stuff. So I was like, oh. So I kind of ruined it, and then I just didn't come. And I, I spent a lot of money on non-horror stuff. I'm I'm a bad friend. It's okay. You know, that's like actually uh, Ted from Ted's Marvelous Custom Gumball and Porn was supposed to be here recording with us today, but he's not. Hey, Ted, gotcha. <laughs> Everybody's just letting you down, Clint. Damn yeah, it. It's life. It's life. Be there. We've already booked our hotel room for Thursday through Sunday. We've already said we'll be at your house on Wednesday. They won't be We're going to hang out. Oh, we'll be there. I'll intrude the fuck out of it. I don't care. Hey, Clint said, come up, hang out. Yeah, I'm going to hang out with him at the con on Saturday and help him out and help him sling some t-shirts and talk to some celebs and get an autograph. Hell yeah, I'll, I'll be there. And now I'm looking at my phone and I'm on Facebook, the Joe Bob Briggs Drive-In Mutant Collective. It must have heard what we were talking about because I got the Thang cosplay that's one of the ones I was talking about. It popped right up. Yeah, that's beautiful, man. That's awesome. And I know Brian's a member there too, so he'll he'll check that out. Yeah, that's awesome. I will check it out. So now that we've rated the movie, we've talked about why we're poor. We've heard from our sponsor and our podcast network and went over the news. Don't forget to check out the I Like It Spooky Horror Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and do not forget, this is the most important thing, to check out the Spill the Guts segment every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And take care. Bye-bye. That was weak. <laughs> You're supposed to say goodbye, Jason. Bye. I want to thank everybody again for listening to us kind of shamble our way through this episode like we're a bunch of spiders that just got the shit kicked out of us by William Shatner. Well, that didn't happen. Spiders rule. Hey, what's wrong with you, man? Show some fucking respect for the dead, will ya?